the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? Welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast, our best bets edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He's Ben Everill from the PGA Tour. We're going to play 18 holes, make 18 bets for this week's Memorial Tournament. Benny, how are you? And oh, by the way, had a nice little tournament this past weekend. Sam Burns taking down his buddy Scotty Scheffler in a playoff at Colonial. Oh, incredible stuff, wasn't it? Like in that final round, everyone seemed to be struggling except for Burnsy. And, uh, you know, come home pretty strong, set the number and sit there and wait and see what happens. And, of course, Scheffler managed to just hold on to get himself extra holes before yeah. Burns gets it done. And look, those two players, how about their last 12 months or so? <laughs> In pretty decent effort for the two you, of them. You know, it's funny. I, I wrote a few pieces at the beginning of this year saying, like, hey, who would you compare? Like, if you could have one player or the other. And I think, you know, it was John Rahm or Colin Morikawa. It was... Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas, sort of like-minded players. And the two guys I put up against each other from that kind of, it was Scotty Scheffler or Sam Burns. Now look, take <laughs> nothing away from Scotty Scheffler. He's a master's champion. I'm not sure there's anything Sam Burns can do to overtake Scotty this year, either <laughs> literally or figuratively. I, you know, you got your arms with a green jacket. Uh, I don't care how many other tournaments you win if you're Sam Burns. That said, Scotty Scheffler's number one in the world. He deserves it. Sam Burns is not that far behind. It's incredible stuff from both of them. And, you know, again, it's good for the game of golf that we keep getting some extra names, some guys joining that top echelon and, and really showing what they can do. And I'm excited, mate, because now we go to another venue, another one of these invitational events, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday, and we get big names, big, big purse, big perks, and everybody's sort of trying to get it done at Jack's place. All right, well, let's get right into it. Yeah, seven of the game's top 10 players in the field at Muirfield Village this week. Playing 18 holes, you're on the tee first. Your first bet, Ben Everill. As always, I give you an outright to start and usually one to finish. So starting off, I'm going back to the well a little bit. Guy who sort of let me down just a touch. I did mention that one... Justin Thomas could miss the cut at 6.50 last did. week, which did work nice out. Play. But yeah. I also went the other way on Zalatoris, who did not make the cut and push for a victory. He did miss the cut. But I'm going to use that as a positive and go back to the world this week. 3,000 Zalatoris, first in strokes game, tee to green across the tour. It's a huge stat to look at this week. We need the big ball flushes. We need the guys that are in form and, and can just keep it getting it done on a, on a sort of a consistent basis. I think... Will Zalatoris will find his rhythm again this week and be up there and thereabouts. And of all the guys sort of around the, the chalk, if you will, the value is there for Will Zalatoris to potentially get it done at Jack's place. And yeah, like I said, look, I've got another guy that's a bit more chalky mm -hmm. as my last pick. But if you're looking for value, because this other guy won't be, this is the one that I like. You might be describing my last pick as well. We might be on the same page. <laughs> it's pretty Those obvious. 17 and 18. Yeah, there's some unfinished business at the mm -hmm. Memorial Tournament that we might be talking about. All right. I'm going to go with a guy that I like as an outright, a top five, a top 10. Quite frankly, and I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, Benny. I really like Shane Lowry for the U.S. Ooh. Open in two weeks. Yep. And I'm yep. a little worried because it's happened a lot of times over the years where there's a guy I like for a major championship. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go out and play really well 
a week or two beforehand <laughs> and just absolutely kill my odds and make it look chalky that you're going to take me. So I'm going to try to beat Lowry to the punch on that one. Should be a good course for him. Finished in the sheriff's sixth place last year. And uh, he's firing on all cylinders, having a great season so far. I'm with you on both those calls. I think that if you are gung-ho on him for the US Open, then you'd know that he's sort of trending in the right direction. He's got that type of game that should suit Muirfield Village. So it might be time to get on. So at least you've got something to use going into that US Open. Yeah. All right. Third hole. Uh, since we're starting up front, I'm going to throw some first-round leader options at you. I've got a few. I like Keegan Bradley, 50 to 1. Adam Scott, 50 to 1. But the one I really, really love is about 40 to 1. Leads the tour in first round scoring average. I mean, yep. 67, this bloke is going out and getting on average in the first round. Waco Neiman is a huge, huge value at 4,000 or 40 to 1 there for first round lead. Benny, with my fourth hole play, uh, I'm doing the exact same thing. I've got it written down right here on my notepad, I've uh, got it in my preview at actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app already. Joaquin Neiman, first-round leader, everything you said is completely true. I've got his scores in individual tournaments so far this year on Thursdays. It is 69, 63, 70, 67, 69, 65, 67, 68. Those are really good starts. I don't know if he preps really well or if he just likes stepping on the gas pedal from the get-go. I'll also throw in the fact that Joaquin Neiman was one of three co-leaders after the first round here at Muirfield Village four <laughs> years ago, 2018. Everything looking in his direction. Here's a nice little idea as well. When you're looking at first round leader bets, if you're betting, let's say, a player outright after the third round, well, the books are going to price a player based on, hey, this guy's a closer. He's won before. They're going to price him based on, hey, you know, he can certainly win again. Scotty Scheffler is near the lead going into the final round. Scotty Scheffler is going to be priced as a guy who knows how to win. They don't necessarily price guys differently for first round leader if they're good in the first round. And so I think there's value in taking a guy who repeatedly keeps playing well on Thursday mornings and Thursday afternoons. I'm with you on Neiman. Absolutely. Fifth hole, top five then. I'm going to go to a top five bet on the fifth hole. Three times uh, in the top 15, the last three starts, Muirfield Village. Uh, another guy that I seem to go to a little bit, um, not always successfully, but I feel like top five, top 10 is where he seems to find himself a lot. And that's Xander Shoffley. Obviously close to the winner, friendship-wise to the winner last year in Patrick Cantlay. I remember sitting in a rain delay in the halfway house with the two of them uh, last year. Uh, before things had gone haywire in the tournament. And they both were just spilling how much they loved this place. Um, and this was not a, an interview or anything like that. It was just one of those casual chats and off their own bat, just talking about how they can't wait to get there every year, et cetera. So I always like the look of Xander there at Millfield Village. I like that. Get to the sixth hole. A player whose name you mentioned tangentially real quickly, but I'm going to go back to it here. Keegan Bradley is having mm -hmm. a really nice year. I'm not sure people quite understand he's got three top tens in his last six starts keegan bradley is top 20 in both strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained tee to green he's top 30 in approach shots top 50 around the greens and i know there are listeners right now that are yelling in their cars yelling at home going yeah but yeah but yeah but he can't putt <laughs> i get it look i'm not going to sit here and say that keegan bradley is the best putter on the pga tour but what i will tell you is he's an above average putter and that's not my opinion that's fact strokes gained putting he is above the field average for the entire year 
if he just puts a little bit better than average this week, this is a good course for him. I'm taking him plus 450 for a top 10. I'm not going to argue with you there, as well as the fact that not always is the putting that massive here in, in right. terms of like, look at Hideki Matsuyama. And that's why, again, and I mentioned Adam Scott and Bradley in that first round leader scenario, because that is this is the type of course where those ball strikers can make enough putts on a half decent week that puts them straight in that top 10 and anchors them there. And if they've got experience like those names we mentioned, they know how to stay there generally and they know how to keep themselves in contention. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you on that one. All right, seventh hole. Uh, we got top 40 here. And this one is a little bit of a flyer just because of recency form and also not necessarily form at the venue. But I'm looking for a plus number in the top 40. And as I said, I've been heavily sitting on that strokes tee to green season stat mm-hmm. when looking at this week. So I believe he's fifth tee to green. Luke List, plus 175. Uh, again, I, like that. I think the chalk you know, generally will come to the fore towards the end of this. He's a winner this year. If he just has his half-decent game going, I think it can be one of the years he finds himself in that top 40 and a good plus number is there. Value. I'm looking for some value in that market. I like that a lot. Luke List is a guy that I mentioned briefly in my preview this week. I think that's a smart play. Hadn't played his best golf. He was injured for a while coming off the win at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines earlier this year, but now healthy. I think this is a really good place for Luke List. All right, I'm going to go with the top 20. My favorite bet of the entire week, Benny, Matt Kuchar has played here 16 times in the past. He has seven top 10s and 10 top 20s. He loves this place. And oh, by the way, he's been playing really well lately. I was mm-hmm. ready to write off Cooch earlier this year. He went through a stretch, four events, three missed cuts and a 67th place finish. I'm like, all right, you know, the game's kind of passed him by a little bit. He doesn't hit it out there. 320 yards like a lot of these guys. He can't keep up. Well, all that Kuchar has done over the last handful of starts that he's made is played some really good golf let's see he's a few weeks shy of his 44th birthday but he's got two top three results in his last six starts and then two other top 20s the guy's just a a top 20 machine has been for a long time plus 230 for a top 20 and remember it's only 120 man field this week another invitational so you don't have to beat as many players for these prop bets. I love Matt Kuchar just to be up there on the leaderboard this week. <laughs> He's always around. I've been to every Memorial tournament for, I think the last 10, 11 years. And without fail, you feel like, Oh, there he is. <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> popping up. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. I like to go to my long shots. Don't I, as we close into the turn. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at a couple of guys around the 80 to one mark. Um, again, I'm not necessarily thinking that we are going to get a long shot winner. Or we have had obviously the Wilma Gertz of the world. Uh, win at Muirfield Village, so we can't ride it off either. The guy was T4 here in 2014, long time ago, almost a decade. But Chris Kirk, a guy that's had on and off again weeks this season, also up there in strokes gain T to green. And Aaron Wise, we've mentioned this a billion times. He's still there at 80 to 1. I'm still going to crack onto him. I'm yep. still going to keep going there while it's there, while it's being offered. I think that you'll kick yourself if you don't, because at some point, it's coming. Couldn't agree more. On Aaron Wise, it's one of those ones where, yeah, okay, I I might be piling investment money into Aaron Wise on a weekly basis, but as soon as you stop, he's going to go out there and win something. I really think he's (laughs) that kind of talent. The number that he's at right now is not going to last forever, so get on it while you can. All right, as we make the turn, why don't you tell the folks out there about the PGA Tour Pick'em Live game? Yeah, of course, free-to-play game at PGA Tour Pick'em Live where we 
mirror the betting markets, if you will. You, you make your selections for win, uh, top 10, top 20 for the whole tournament. Also, then you get three selections each day. You can change those as the odds change, obviously locking in at whatever the odds are currently. The key, pick your picks where they're at their highest available odds. We've had two weeks in a row now where guys have gotten in the money and it's up to $5,000 worth of prizes here for no outlay where they've just picked the winner outright at the high value. Burns at 200 to one. If you just picked that during the final round at some point, you won money in PJ Tour Pick'em Live this week. The week before, if you happened to get on Dustin Thomas when he was 300 to one after a shank, you happen to also pick up in PJ Tour Pick'em Live. So with that being said though, start with your long shots. I just mentioned a couple, Wise, Kirk, a random one for a top 10 or 20, Minwoo Lee. And let me tell you why. Yes, he's an Aussie. I know about them. But his sister is going to probably win a major this week. And they have an absolute rivalry that you couldn't believe. Minji Lee going for the uh, Women's US Open. She's going for that. And the dynamic between them is classic. It's so funny to watch. And I can just see Minwoo firing up out of nowhere just to keep pace with his sister who might win a major. All right. Hang on a second. This is, honestly, this is ridiculous. You and I do not compare notes. We've said this many times nope. on the podcast. We don't compare I've been notes. been at the at all. beach all day. It's, more, it's I, more I, I just wrote out my notes. My preview is up. I have this listed in the preview, and I have this written down. We usually this is a PGA Tour podcast. We're not looking at other tours. Mm-hmm. We're not looking. I was going to surprise you, Benny. Tenth hole. I've got it written down right here on my notepad. Tenth hole. I've got an Australian player. You're not going to mention this player. I'm going to catch you napping on this one. Minji Lee to win the U.S. Women's Open. <laughs> it's I was like, what, you unbelievable that you just mentioned thought, that. I've got it. It's in my preview. Minwoo. It's up. It's posted already. Like, I'm not stealing these picks from you. I'm not just going, uh, oh, yeah, I, you mentioned it. Well, I'm, I'm not taking it from you either. Just, it's out there. just let the listen know. I'm not, like, going to read several stuff and then trying to one-up him either. No. <laughs> well, obviously, I didn't pick Minji as a pick because I stayed to the memorial, but I thought, you know what? PJ Tour pick them live. If you get two guys in a one and done, those two leagues or daily fantasy sports, someone at value, it's a week to look at Minwoo just for no other reason that I know he will have this chip on his shoulder because she's going to continue her amazing form. She, her see the green stuff on the LPGA tour is out of this world, by the way, leads every single stat, like every, every distance. She's way up there in driving distance, way up there in greens and reg. She's up yeah. there in putting. She leads the LPGA in scoring average this season. She plays really good golf on tough golf courses, which of course What's her odds? pine needles. It's not great. It's 11, 12 to one this week. So ah, still, that's a win. Yeah, she's the fourth <laughs> ranked player in the world. Uh, speaking with an LPGA insider type who I'm very close with last night, they said Minji Lee or Nasa Hateoka. Nasa finished uh, second last year at the Olympic club, second to Yuka Sasso. So she's yeah. uh, a nice play. It's played well in the open in the past. But Minji Lee's my play. I have it written. It's on record. I love it. Clearly. Great pick. Well done, mate. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with an Aussie then. I'll just move this around here and go to a guy for a top 20. I'm looking at it. Plus 200. 11th hole here. Four times top 15 at this event. Two times inside the top five. And I've gone to the well a zillion times. Mark Leishman loves Muirfield Village. Is yep. coming off a very well-rested week. With his family, I know some guys you think that might be a problem. For Leash, he's worked on his lawn. He's hung out in the pool. He's like literally just gone back zen, coming to a place he likes. There's a little bit of value there, let me just say, for a top 20 at plus 200. Yeah, I like that. How, how do you feel about a top 40 play at plus 400? Doesn't that feel like a big number for a top 40? 
Uh, I'm trying to think who you found because I, it took me ages to find a 175 I liked. So, so Justin Lauer with oh, the other PGA Tour. Yes, he's not Cameron boy. Young. He's not yeah. Mito Pereira. He's not Davis Riley. I get it. Some rookies out there are really, really special rookies. We've got a nice class this year. Justin Lauer, though, has been very solid. Three top 40 finishes in his last six starts. He's an Ohio guy. Got an exemption into this event a few years ago, so he's kind of been there, done that. He's going to have a lot of friends and relatives in the gallery watching him just for a, a top 40. And again, he's only got to finish in the top 33.3% of this field yeah. with 120 players in it. I like that play, a meaty number of four to one. Yeah, look, I totally missed that, to be honest. Oh, I didn't see it, didn't perk up at me, but the local boy, 100. Um, he's young enough where it's not going to sort of distract him or be an issue. He's going to yeah. be ready to rumble. He's going to be looking to you know show off in front of the mates and, and have a good time so yeah i can see that number absolutely that's definite value for the local kid he would play there a million times i'm sure you know like just ready to rumble yeah absolutely um, 13th hole for you you just mentioned a name that i'm throwing out now for a top 10 cameron young yeah inside the 14th tee to green at strokes going tee to green for the season plus 330 for a top 10 he has what three top fives in a row I think it is, yep. or something ridiculous. Three top threes in a row, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Podium finishes, yeah, exactly. Coming off in one of them being a major. He is the highest in the FedEx Cup, I think, at 12th now without a victory for this season. In other words, he is not just knocking on the door. He's trying to bust it down with a karate kick or two. Um, and this course should suit him. So 330, guy in form, top 10. I like it. Benny, I think you nailed it there. And I will add that, this course suiting him, those three top threes, those three straight podium finishes came at Harbortown, TPC Potomac, and Southern Hills. He hasn't played Muirfield Village before, but this one should suit his game better than the previous the most. Yeah. I, I mean, this is like a tailor-made golf course for Cameron Young. I like everything about him this week. I think that's a really smart play. All right, get to the 14th hole. It's a holiday, and so there aren't a whole lot of bets out there. I think the books are still kind of lagging behind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, I didn't find a matchup, but look, for the top players, you'll find matchups. You'll find guys to pit these guys against. Victor Hovland has not been great on this golf course, 48th and 49th in two starts in the past, but it's a Victor Hovland kind of course. A lot of six irons, like mid irons, long irons into the greens. This is his bread and butter. There are certainly places that I look at. Last week was one of them where smaller greens at Colonial, he's going to miss some of those. The chipping isn't great. I faded Victor Hovland. He played okay. He didn't play great. This week, though, I look at it and say, give me that strength of his. That's going to be a major asset at Muirfield Village. I like Victor Hovland. Maybe not outright, and there's some other guys that I like a little bit better outright, and there's some short numbers, so I don't want to sprinkle too much on a bunch of shorter players. But some matchups against your guy Cameron Smith. I hate fading him. Maybe against Colin Morikawa. Maybe against the Patrick Cantley, the defending champion. There are a handful of guys, Xander Shoffley, that you can look at and say, I can see value in playing Victor Hovland against these guys this week. I, I think it's going to play to his strengths. Mate, you have segued me brilliantly into the 15th hole here. Please don't send this to the player I'm about to suggest because uh -oh. this will absolutely shock just about anyone and everyone who knows me. Uh-oh. But I am suggesting that if you have a matchup that has Cameron Smith as a favorite, you do not take that. Mm. I am suggesting Somebody that. Somebody knows something. No, I am just suggesting that at this course, 
Despite being one of the T to green legends, he's two for six making the cut. His best finish is T65. He has a mental block at the course. He wants to beat it. Maybe if he even hears me saying this, it'll be just enough to fire him up. He's that type of bloke who'd be like, you know what? Stuff you, Benny. I'll mm. show you that I can play on any course. And look, he could. He could come from nowhere and win this thing. Yep. But I'm thinking that you will, again, I haven't seen a lot of matchups because they're not out there yet. But Smith may well find himself favorited in some of these matchups, despite the fact that he's not necessarily played well at this course. So have a look around. Now, if you get him at long odds, in a matchup and you want to have a look at it because someone knows his record sure don't be fooled by his number if it's short that's what i'm saying look at the other guys i like that that's really smart and <laughs> you are usually very in tune with these aussie players if you're saying fade an aussie we should probably be listening all right let's get to the 16th hole you've mentioned a few long shots already look this is a very long shot i've got a very short player as my favorite outright I'm going to give you a massive long shot. Had a really good ball striking round Sunday at Colonial. Quite honestly, if you'd asked me a decade ago, I would have put him on the same list as Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Daniel Berger as a guy that was going to be a future star. It hasn't happened for Patrick Rogers. He's not going to be Justin Thomas. He's not going to be Jordan Spieth. But I still think he can be a very good PGA Tour player who can win out there. But it's usually been, over the last quarter century, a big-name player. We had a little 2015-16 exacta where... We went David Lingworth, Will McGirt back to back. If that makes you want to chase a 180 to one long shot, Patrick Rogers. I've always thought he has the talent. He's a Midwest guy. I might take a, a little shot on him outright, but maybe just kind of play him up and down the board a little bit, maybe DFS. But I think he's at least a worthy consideration way down the board if you're looking for something like that. It's funny you say that because I think you and I might be the two that keep sort of holding the faith with him. Even if it's like randomly one week, you know, sometime in the next three years, yep. I would not be surprised to see that guy win. Yep. So, um, yeah, definitely one to, to look at all weeks. Keep yep. an eye on him and you, know, you never know. All right. So we're down to my pick and I'm pretty sure we're going to be smashing the same bloke here. But, I mean, how do you not look at John Rahm to win uh -huh. this golf tournament? All right. He wins it in what, 2020. He's six shots up last year, coming off the 18th green with a round of play and gets told, as we all know, history shows, uh, John, you've tested positive to COVID. You're out of the tournament. <laughs> I mean, like, so, I mean, everyone's talking about, oh, Patrick Cantlay, you know, he's the defending champion. Really, we should be talking about a guy going for three in a row. The play slots, I'd be second in strokes going to the green on tour. He's had a recent victory at the Mexico Open. I know he didn't play as well as he wanted in the PGA, but, you know, that's just, again, firing him up to do well again here. He knows the place better than anyone. He loves the joint. You're going to take some convincing to get me off him. So whether you can get the 800, 1100, whatever you can see, 1200, I don't think it's a smart play to wait. As you can see, if John Rome gets an early tea time on Thursday, he could easily be the first round leader or at least one or two back. And uh, come Saturday morning, you might find yourself uh, looking at a guy that looks like he's heading towards, as I said, what should have been three in a row at Milford Village. Ditto. All of that. Yeah. 18th hole. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to play... Uh, we're going to have the last two holes here because I'm going John Rahm is my favorite play on the board. Look, I think he did a lot to sort of erase the memory of what happened last year at the Memorial Tournament by winning the U.S. Open two weeks later and handled it beautifully, by the way. I will say that I give credit to John for the way he handled all the questions before the U.S. Open saying, look, mm -hmm. the rules are the rules. They're not going to change them just because I'm leading the golf tournament. 
Patrick Cantley won it. I couldn't play in the final round. You never know what's going to happen. He said all of the right things. And I think by saying yeah. all the right things, it freed him up to go and win four days later at Torrey Pine. So I give him a ton of credit for that. That said, he will return to Muirfield Village this week and feel like there is some unfinished business. We know yeah. how well he plays on this golf course. And quite frankly, if John Rom gets a little fire lit under him, he doesn't need much. The guy <laughs> can get very, very motivated. Yeah. He is not putted very well this season and especially recently but you can get away with it here the ball striking is going to be his typical elite level status and uh yeah i'm going to shop around yeah. he's anywhere from eight to one to eleven to one i've seen so compare notes look at the books try to find the biggest number you can they're not going to be huge though because quite frankly he owns this place. Jack Nicholas is just renting. John Rahm owns Muirfield yeah. Village. So for, <laughs> for Benny Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can find the Links and Locks podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Listen, subscribe, download, rate us every single week. Good luck with your bets for this week's Memorial Tournament. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>